Look, even a guy from Philadelphia like Kyle Draper has to admit that uh, the greatest rivalry in pro football resumes Sunday night when the 49ers and the Cowboys collide, right? Yeah, I'll give you that. Oh, I, I'll, okay. I'll give you that. You, you got remember, I grew up a Cowboys fan, and so I remember those you know 80s and 90s battles between the Niners and Cowboys. Those, those were the heyday of, yeah. of, of my my youth. Yeah, so I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Jesse Sapolu, the great 49er, joins us at 5:15, and right now, brought to you by Timber Creek Golf Course. Go to TimberCreek.com to book your tee time today. Here he is, our Sacktown. Uh, sports.com 49er insider Emil Fragoso. Hello, Emil. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We're we're Good. doing fine. We got you know so much going on this weekend. Get ready for the Kings opener and of course that that 49er game. Let me start with this for you, Emil. Do you think Kyle Shanahan and his staff is coaching the biggest advantage the 49ers have of the many advantages they have appear to have in this game? Uh <laughs> I, I do think it is very much possible. I, I, I think this team is really just built on the fact that it's it's a group effort. Yes, the coaching staff 100% plays a part in that, but the players are also very much up for this, and they want to point this week against Dallas, that while Dallas is, you know, they, they kind of need this win more than the Niners do, and there's no animosity for the Niners towards Dallas, they still got to take care of business this weekend. That's what this is all about. You know, uh, uh, Mio, uh, listen to what Whitey said. I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan. But the level of disrespect being shown, Mike McCarthy, a Super Bowl, whose resume is much more accomplished, I might add, than Kyle Shanahan. That's he's, that's he's a, a that's, that's Niners arrogance he's, I'm hearing right now from you, Whitey. That's come on, we're not like that, are we? That's that's reserved for New England Patriots he's fans. Kind of a clown. That that's kind of awesome. but look, look at his record. He was twelve and five the last two years. He won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, like at least put a little respect on the man's name. Come on now. A, the biggest advantage is the coaching <laughs> advantage. Oh my god. The last two times these two teams have played, they've ended with McCarthy making a <laughs> a blunder. That's all I'm saying. Last two times they've played. Uh, uh, Emil, I, I'm going to move on, man, because, uh, you know, clearly Whitey's, uh, you know, not not a fan of uh, Mike McCarthy, the coach. Uh, I will say, though, when you look at this game, we talked about how it's probably bigger for the Cowboys than the uh, Niners. If you're a Niners fan, if you're a Niners player or coach, What's the one area that concerns you about what Dallas does? Where can Dallas give San Francisco some problems? You know, Dre, that's a tough question because the Niners are pretty good all over the field. But the one spot that I say is a, a, even a weakness or just kind of a, a, a kind of a chink in the armor would be the, in the slot. And C.D. Lamb especially likes to line up there in the slot against against defenders. I believe it's over seventy five percent of his time he likes to line up in the slot against the Niners, so it's going to be really on Isaiah Oliver and Diamador Lenore to stop him there, and if they're going to do anything, and it, he has had success in the past against the Niners in the slot, so if they're going to do anything, it's going to be getting C.D. Lamb the ball and getting him the ball on quick throws against this Niner pass rush. Emil Fragoso, let me ask you this. If Arizona ran for 222 yards mm-hmm. against the Cowboys, can the 49ers double that? <laughs> Double that. Oh my! Oh, this arrogance here—it is unbelievable, man. Drapes, it's lofty. I get it, but after what Christian McCaffrey did to the Cardinals last week, anything is possible. Because that man is just freaking ridiculous. Look, can they double it? I don't know, but can they go for three hundred? Maybe you never know. But I, I, I do think that this Niners offense, especially with Christian McCaffrey where he's at right now, man, it is just—it's hard to stop. I think Dallas is a much tougher test, though, 
for them, and I think it's going to be less yards than last week against the Cardinals. Man, I might have to tap out of this conference. <laughs> I cannot accept this arrogance coming from Niners Nation right now. Put some respect on the Cowboys. They're 3-1. Okay. and one. They're, uh, right. you know, half a game, one game behind you guys. They have some talent in Dak Prescott, obviously. You mentioned CeeDee Lamb as well. Pollard, you know, like this is a talented Cowboys team. And yeah. the vibe I'm hearing from you, Whitey, and also you, Emil, oh, yeah, they might be able to get 300 yards of rushing against them. You know, might they, you know, be a level of um, what's uh, disrespect, uh, you know, overlooking the Dallas Cowboys, not taking them seriously? Could that be an issue? For the Niners, no, they, they oh, don't do that. They're just just they, the media, they, just us media just, members, just right? The media does this, yes. It's, a, it's the media's whole thing. It's not the Niners. The Niners and Kyle Shannon, they are up for this game. They know what it means. They, they know they have to take care of business. And even Brock Purdy admitted this week that the Dallas playoff game was his toughest test of his NFL career. He really had some struggles early on. They made some adjustments and got the game later on. But it was a defensive battle at the end there. And this could be another defensive battle. I mean, even with Trayvon Diggs out for the Dallas Cowboys, they still got a lot of talent there. And Micah Parsons is definitely having his breakout season right now, it seems. So, yes, the media is kind of blowing it out of a portion. I'll give you that, Drapes. Uh, and I do get a closer game, but there is a reason why the Niners are favored. Well, I know the last time they played, Emil, to your point, uh, was a defensive struggle, what, 19-12? to 12, And mm-hmm. Dallas did a good job of slowing down the 49ers' uh, stretch running game, yeah. and then the 49ers in the second half had to go with the power game, and they had more success with that. But my question is, um, because Dallas is going to have to focus so much on stopping the run, is this maybe a bust-out game for George Kittle? I mean, if you listen to George talking this week, he'll do anything he has to do for the Niners. I mean, I just wrote a call, a story about this actually this morning about George Kittle and how he talked yesterday about, you know, I can have games of 15 catches and, and catch all those passes. I have games of one catch like against the Arizona Cardinals and catch one ball. It is what it is. As long as the Niners are winning, that's all he really cares about. But yes, he is a focal point of this offense in the run game and in the passing game. He does usually come out against the Cowboys. He had five catches for, for 90 yards, I believe last time out in that playoff game. So if there's going to be a breakout game for Kittle, it's probably this one going against those linebackers. Emil, they uh, trade for Randy Gregory. Uh, what does he bring? Is that an area of concern, do you think? The pass rush, uh, you know, they, they haven't been great in pass coverage, pass defense uh, this season. What do you think Gregory brings? He just brings another veteran piece of this puzzle, man. I, I mean, for the Niners to get Randy Gregory and for Denver to take on the rest of his salary for the rest of the season to have no more guaranteed money in the next three years with his contract. It is just a plethora of riches with these guys. To, to just switch out a sixth-round pick this year for a seventh and the player and to pay him the veteran minimum for a guy of his caliber, this is a guy who, according to PFF, hasn't had a PFF grade lower than 75 since 2020. And, you know, to have a, vet, a veteran and a role player who can just kind of, you know, be a speed element next to Nick Bosa opposite on the line, it's such a huge deal. You think back to, you know, Charles Amenahue and Jordan Willis in the last couple of years who have really been successful in that role spot under Chris Kacerik. Now it's about getting Randy Gregory, who has had some character issues in the past. They're aware of this. But by all accounts, is a stand-up guy on the field. So as long as he can produce on the field, there should be no problem in the Niner system for Randy Gregory. Emil Fergoso is with us, of course, our 49er insider from SackdownSports.com. And Emil, I like to ask you a variation of this question every week. But from Dallas's standpoint now, what is the single most important thing Dallas needs to get done Sunday night to give them the best chance of winning this game? Well, just like every week, Whitey, it's going to be probably the same thing to stop the Niners. It's going to be control the time possession and run the football. You Mm -hmm. cannot let the Niners' offense get the ball. You have to keep the ball out of Brock Curry's hands, the offense's hands, because Kyle Shanahan has shown the ability to not only 
get long drives of 11, 12, 13 play drives and just in score, but also get five play drives, especially against the Cardinals last week. So this offense is able to do a variety of different things. So in order to beat a team, in my opinion, probably the best team in the NFL right now is the 49ers. In order to beat them, they're going to have to, Dallas is going to have to keep the ball away from the 49ers offense and just, you know, play ahead because the Niners have struggled in the past under Kyle Shanahan to come back from behind. Do you think uh, if you're if you're Mike McCarthy, if you're Dallas, that the number one thing you got to stop is CMC? Is that and, and make Brock Purdy beat you? If you're Dallas, is, is that your game plan? Yeah, you have to stop CMC. That's the first thing you do, Drapes. Like Brock Purdy, and he's talking about this this week, is he you know can throw for he can throw for four hundred yards and four touchdowns. He doesn't have to do that. That's not his whole thing. Well, if the Niners don't want to be successful, and Dallas wants to be successful, they have to force Brock Purdy to be that prolific pocket passer. Be Justin Herbert, be Trevor Lawrence, you know, be Dak Prescott, I guess, in a sense. Like, don't the, the key is the key here is that do not let CMC in the run game dictate this game. If they let Brock Purdy, the young, young and inexperienced quarterback, do that, then it, it they might have more chance of success. But then again, we saw that against the Giants when they blitzed him at 85% of his dropbacks and he still cooked them and had, had a career high in passing yards. By the way, Emil, golf clap, because you said prolific pocket passer, and you just said, no problem. <laughs> Rolled off the tongue, right? Right <laughs> through there. But speaking of Brock Purdy, um, I know that uh, Steven Ruiz from The Ringer had some interesting things to say. Uh, he has uh, Brock Purdy rated pretty low in his quarterback rankings, and he says if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, he's not going to cover football anymore. My sources tell me that you were you were not real pleased with that. No, no, I'm I'm not real pleased with that. I like what the ringer does. I'm a big fan of what the ringer does. But Steven Ruiz, and he's kind of kept driving up this slippery slope of just horrible, horrible takes here. <laughs> and all you have to do is look at his rankings. He has a quarterback ranking every single week. He has Daniel Jones ranked higher than Brock Purdy right now. And I don't know if you watch Daniel Jones play lately. I yeah. mean, he's pretty abysmal. Um, so uh, Brock Purdy, for him to be the 25th overall ranked quarterback right now in the NFL, that's just disrespectful to what he is. And I get it. He's in the 49er system. He's under Kyle Shanahan. He's a second-year quarterback. He doesn't have to do too much because he's with all these superstars. Well, guess what? Without Brock Purdy, the Niners would not be undefeated in the regular season for the last nine games. They wouldn't be where they're at because Brock Purdy has proven time and time again things that Jimmy Garoppolo could not do, Brock Purdy can. And that's what makes Brock Purdy so different is that he plays with a chip on his shoulder and he proves doubters like Stephen Ruiz wrong every single week. Does this game mean anything for the Niners in terms of, you know, your thoughts or opinions of them, the outlook for the season. We talk so much about how this is a huge game for Dallas, obviously. But what does this mean for the Niners? Just another week, honestly. Drake. <laughs> right. Another right, week right, them. right. I didn't look. say that. He's no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> if, you, if, you talk, if you talk to them, they're going to say that. But we all know the Niners-Dallas rivalry is a big, big one. They know the stakes of it. Brock Purdy is aware of the stakes of it. But at the end of the day, it's about going 5-0 to start the season, which I can't remember them doing for the life of me. This team is probably the best constructed Niners team in the last 25 years. I mean, they are unbelievable what, what, what they can do. And so it would be shocking to me if they lost, actually, because I just don't expect them to lose anymore because they've been so good in the regular <laughs> season. So, fr frankly, that'd be the biggest shock. And for Dallas, it's much bigger. But the Niners, for sure, they're going to definitely get up for this game. There's no doubt in my mind. Emil Fragoso, he's brought to you by Timber Creek Golf Course. Go to TimberCreek.com to book your tee time today. Before we let you go, Emil, we got to ask you what you've brought to show us here, show and tell, with Emil Fragoso's um, award-winning sports card collection. <laughs> I don't know if it's award-winning, but because it's the debut week of 
the drive guys. I wanted to give you guys some double trouble. So these are two cards I just got, and actually one came in today. This is my Kyrie Irving and Bradley Beal, second year Kyrie, <laughs> rookie year Beal, the 25, uh, dual auto from National Dual Traffic. auto? Auto. Auto. Mint nine. Just came in literally like an hour ago. So you just had that graded from, is that Beckett graded it for you? That's Beckett, correct. Yeah. yeah. Nine. Oh, a nine. Snap. Woo. Yeah, but this is a rookie year Beal and a second year Kyrie, which are both right here on the card. And then, of course, I also have my Anthony Davis and Brad and uh, Brandon Knight as well, dual auto from the same set as well. This is a ten, though, not twenty five. I'll wow. give you, I'll give you seven bucks for both those cards right now. No questions <laughs> asked. Maybe, maybe ten dollars, maybe ten dollars, buddy. Can you? If you don't want to, it's you know, I understand. Yeah. But could you give us a ballpark what you think those cards could be worth today? Like if you're going to sell them on eBay or go to a card show. Well, I would say for both of them, if you sold them as a set, I would say something close to seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Dang. Okay. All right. All right. All well, right. We'll see. We got to pool our resources. See if Simone's got any money, and then we'll get <laughs> we'll get back to you. <laughs> Thank you, Emil. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game, sir. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Uh -huh. What are you laughing at? How confident? Uh, um, but, it, no, it's he's just, a reporter. No, it's just disrespectful to the to, to the opponent. Respect your opponent. My gosh. If you want to talk trash after, go for it. But, man, don't let the Niners lose this week. You know Monday's going to be brutal for you if they lose. Uh, to Mike it'll McCarthy? Be short, it'll be a short, short show. show right? We'll be talking a lot of Kings. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. A Kings preseason reaction. We'll skip over the Niners okay, maybe, loss. Maybe, well, well, we'll come back around to yeah. it here. But I know, you know, Bozo's maybe too strong. But don't you think the Cowboys, uh, there's a little lack in there in the head coaching department. We'll come back around to that. Also, speaking of Steven Ruiz, how about it? Who's a quarterback that you thought was going to be really good? Turned out he wasn't. I know I've got a few uh, <laughs> names for that, too. We'll be right back with that more here. It's the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. YouTube chat nominee of the day. This is going to be tough to, to beat here from uh, CK916, pardon me. McCarthy's new nickname is Mike Iceberg Lettuce McCarthy. That says it all. It's a nice callback. Man, don't don't let Mike previous. McCarthy and the Cowboys throw up 40 <laughs> on the Niners this weekend, man. This is so disrespectful. <laughs> that's pretty good, though. You got to admit. No, that, no, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's, that's funny. That's well, funny. The last two times they played, last year, of course, the game ended. 49ers won that game yeah. in Dallas on their last play. They had Ezekiel Elliott playing center, and they had that weird, I don't know, yeah, swinging yeah, gate, yeah. whatever it was. It was like, what are you doing? You actually have a chance here to win the game, and that's what you got. Then the year before, when the 49ers beat him in the playoffs, they had Dak run the quarterback draw, and he picked up a ton of yards, but because they ran a running play, by the time they got clock, the ball yeah. set up for the next play, there was no time left on yeah. the clock. So yeah. a couple of couple questionable blunders okay. by right. uh, Coach Iceberg <laughs> Lettuce. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my. A Super Bowl winner, Iceberg Lettuce, too. Make sure you use it, you know. Yeah. He yeah. has a fifteen and one season on his books as well on his record. Yeah, I just i I thought that maybe he was really going to help turn things around in Dallas, and they've been they were pretty good. They were twelve and five there, the last two and years. They're pretty good now, but how what uh, how did it end up for him? Right. Yeah, right. I just don't think he's. I Nothing think he's a yes man him. for Jerry. That's what I think he is, and that's what I think you have to be to be a coach of the Cowboys these days. A yes man for Jerry. Um, but ultimately, I think that gets in the way of them actually winning uh, as many games as they want to win. So, so when they go twelve and five, is that by accident? Is that because is, is that is that? Oh. Jack was throwing interceptions left and right last season. Come on, he had fifteen interceptions last season. 
I, I, th- I think that Mike was McCarthy Moore last year calling the plays, and now it, it's McCarthy it, it, calling the plays. You know plays. what? Maybe that's what we do next week. You know, uh, coach <laughs> rankings. Where's Mike? Because there's a lot of bad coaches in the NFL right it now. Looks like it. There seems to be a lot of bad coaches, and so Mike McCarthy might be a middle of the pack kind of guy. I really didn't like him on on Hard Knocks. Just his demeanor and the way he dealt with the players and related to them. I felt like he's kind of phony. Now, maybe that's not fair to say, but that's also colored my perception of him. Some of the things he said to Dak and the way he talked to the players and trying to be really cool and, you know, like, <laughs> I'm going to swear a lot because then my players will think I'm cool. And he just seemed to me as kind of – he seemed like kind of a phony to me. Well, he he kind of coaches that way. Yeah, that's, I just feel he's overshadowed, like you said earlier, by Jerry Jones. Like, you know, I don't know who Mike McCarthy is unless you watch – you know, a hard knocks or something like that. And even but, then, I realized, you know, I don't know the guy, yeah. but it looked that way. But you know, his he doesn't have memorable press conferences or anything like that. You know, what he says really doesn't, you know, grab headlines. Or now, if Jerry says something, you know, Jerry's the face, obviously, of that franchise. And so, I just don't feel like I know who Mike McCarthy is. Yeah, I I'm so reminded uh, of the old Raiders by the Cowboys. And this is an imperfect comparison, but, you know, Al Davis towards the end, the great Al Davis, you know, rest in peace, but he would hire coaches that were just, they were just puppets. And then Al ran the show and Al at that point really shouldn't have been running the show. And so you had a lot of frustration, some good years where things still, they came up short, they got destroyed by Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. You know, when they had the success towards the end of Al's career is when they brought in Gruden, who actually did things. Right. Uh, and I think that's part of the problem with Dallas. They have a lot of talent, but Jerry is the owner running the show, yeah. and the coach is kind of a middleman. And I don't think it can work that way if you want to win a freaking Super Bowl. Not not today. I mean, you you got to let the football people uh, do what they do. And so you look at, you know, the Patriots with Bill Belichick. You know, you get these guys that feel like they're bigger than the brand, bigger than the franchise. Jerry Jones, I understand, is the franchise. But – you know, he's not a football expert. He's the guy that ran Jimmy Johnson out of town, yes, you know, like, yes. and basically since then, uh, they haven't done anything. And so uh, you, you have this this monolith, this guy that's so overpowering. I would imagine Mike McCarthy's walking on eggshells around there, yes, you know? Yeah. Like we know Jason Garrett before him di- didn't have a spine, you know, and, you know, was a puppet. You talk about a puppet. Yeah. He was a guy afraid of Jerry Jones. I wonder if Mike McCarthy is the same way. Uh, meanwhile, we have this issue here with which we were talking to Emil about, about uh, as far as Stephen Ruiz. Pardon me, Stephen Ruiz yeah. from the Ringer, who came out this week. We don't need to spend a lot more time on this. He's the guy that said uh, Brock Purdy's what the twenty fifth best 25th. quarterback in the NFL, and if he wins the Super Bowl, then I will stop covering football. Which okay, that's something we can we can hope for. But <laughs> you know, we have to be accountable. Are there quarterbacks one way or the other, Kyle, that you can think of where you thought? And I have a couple that I thought were going to be good and really weren't. Any quarterbacks that come to mind where you thought either that guy's going to be really good, he's going to be great, and he wasn't, or a guy that you thought, he's terrible, and ended up like Brock Purdy being a pretty good quarterback. You know, a, a couple of quarterbacks, and, I, and I've thought about this uh, this morning, guys that I thought, you know, would be great. Um, Carson Palmer, he had a good career, very good, never never won. So I, I'm not going to exclude him. Um, I was a Joey Harrington guy out of Oregon, uh, you know, his senior year, he put up some numbers, I think 27 touchdowns, five picks, something like that. Like he, he put up some numbers, never really panned out uh, in the NFL as a start. Sam Bradford, 
You know, Sam. Remember Sam Bradford? He was yeah. okay. He was but okay, you're right. but he never really. He could you know, throw from here to the door. Right, maybe. right. He never really. You know, a high draft. And he made pick, a lot, lot of, money. of money, a lot of money. So he's set for life. So those are the two guys I thought offhand. You know, yesterday I said Vince Young just because of what he did in college. But then when you look at the way he actually delivers the ball, throws the ball, not so much. Um, RG three. I thought we'd have a, a, a longer career, when a I better saw him career. In college, it's yeah. like I've never seen anybody right. like that. Exactly, exactly. So he's up there. But those are my guys. Who you got? Um, before I tell you my guys, I just want to circle back to Joey Harrington because years ago I was part of a show where we did an interview with Matt Millen every week. Yeah. When people think of Matt Millen and the Lions, they laugh. Like, he didn't right. know what he was doing. And things didn't work out well. All he did was draft wide receivers. But we were talking to him about all that, and he said, if Joey Harrington had been the guy we thought, he said, it all would have worked. He said that was the key to that it. That was the we guy. We thought that was our guy, and that yeah. would have made it all work. Not yeah. to put it all on him, but to your point, Matt Millen was with you. Yeah, he thought, he he thought be that really was good. our guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you remember? <laughs> remember the number eight pick in 2011, uh, Jake Locker? Do you remember him? Oh I thought, wow! Yeah, I thought, I did. I thought, oh, <laughs> I love him. Yes, uh, from Washington. Yes, Jake you know, Locker. Ten. He's going to be a good quarterback. Yeah, he, yeah. He, that didn't I pan think out. 2014. Yeah. I think he was out of football. Wow. Yeah. Um, probably the one I was really wrong on. Uh, let's see. In 1999, he was pick number three. And I think I'm Facebook friends with him. You know, some real famous really? people, they'll just, if you send them a friend request. They'll take like, it, yeah, huh? He has no idea who I am. But I'm Facebook friends with Achilles Smith. Ah. <laughs> Talk about a bust. Talk about a guy a that never three number three pick. How many years did he last in the league? I Not mean. many. About parts of four. I don't wow. even think he ever played a full season. Yeah, you talk about you know a I high. I think he pick. might have gone to Canada and had a lot of success. Did up he? There. Okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah, with the Bengals, it was like wow. Achilles Just, Smith. That's a blast from the past. He's. 48 years old right now, uh, mm-hmm. Achilles Smith. Wow. I'll ask Four him on seasons. Facebook if he'll come up. Yeah, yeah, you should, man. You, you guys are buddies, buddies, you know. Actually, there's a guy from Elk Grove, Adrian Ross, who I think, and he's a legitimate friend of mine, I think he knows Achilles, so we probably could get Achilles Smith on the show. L- listen to this. Sorry to interrupt here, no, uh, lady. Stay on with Achilles Smith. In 2000, he played 12 games. Started 11. Guess how many touchdowns and interceptions he had. I'm just not going to say because I just looked it oh, up. You looked I it don't up? remember the exact like, numbers, but I know it's This is it's like, not this great. is putrid. This yeah. is, you start 11 games in the NFL. And I understand the game was a little bit different then. You know, the running game was still important. Achilles Smith, three touchdowns and six interceptions. Think about it. Three touchdowns over eleven games, like, and you double, like, that is just, that is awful. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, unbelievable. How about this? A career before I tell you the guy, my last one. This is his career TD to interception ratio: eight seasons, fifty touchdowns, seventy-six interceptions. For the number two pick in nineteen ninety-three, Rick Meyer. Rick Meyer, Notre Dame's Rick Meyer, right? Yeah. 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 yeah that's played for the Raiders he was and the upside 49ers down a too. little bit. 50 and 73. That's... My gosh. That is. Oh. I guess it's harder than it looks. It I don't is. Know. It is. And this is why, you know, and, and I'll go back on what I, you know, the criticisms I have over Brock Purdy. Like, more often than not, there are a lot of misses in those early rounds. A quarterback is a hard position to actually nail. 
you know, to get it right. You know, because when you look at it, there's only so many greats, all-time greats. You know, only Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Josh Allen, Burrow, you know. There's a lot of mediocre good ones, but then there's a lot that just fall by the wayside. You mentioned it. Uh, you know, Joey Harrington, like, we can name names, Achilles Smith, Marcus Russell, like, guys who we thought would be good mm-hmm. that just never pan out. Uh, when we come back, I'll I'll tell you about what one quarterback, really good quarterback, what he told me is the hardest thing about playing quarterback that most of us mm. never think about. Also, Brock Purdy, where he belongs, if he belongs, in the MVP discussion. <laughs> That's, if he, I said if. I said if. Didn't I? It's next. You said that. Drive guys, Sacktown Sport. We have another chat uh, comment of the day nominee here from this is from Megadeth Knight. He says losing once to the Cowboys feels the same as losing four in a row. That's that rivalry is deep, huh? It's just that uh, is deep. Something about them Cowboys. Can't lose to the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh do you remember Drew Bledsoe? Drew Bledsoe, who played he played briefly for yeah. the Cowboys, yeah. mostly, you know, he was the guy who was the Patriots quarterback before Tom Brady yeah. played a little bit for Buffalo. Uh, but he was a very accomplished quarterback. Uh, he's one of those guys, sometimes you look up his numbers and go, wow, I knew he was good. I didn't know he was that good. But I I, I did an interview with him once, uh, and I asked him, what is the hardest thing about playing quarterback that most of us never even think about? And he said, the hardest thing is, he says, you have no idea how many decisions we have to make as a quarterback before the ball is even snapped. Really? Yeah. He says, you get up there and you got, you know, you're looking at the defense and you're thinking of audibles and the blocking assignments. And I just, that's always, it's always stayed with me. He says, you you have so many things you got to do before the ball is even snapped. So, yeah. Hard hard position. Arguably the hardest position to play out of four major sports. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's so much weight on your shoulders, too. Do you think some of these guys that we were talking about, the guys that ended up not being as good, are teams just stubborn? Like, we have so much invested in this guy Maybe he's not as good as we thought, but we're going to spend more money to find out in case he is the guy we thought. Well, you know, you look at the contract Dan Jones signed. You look at, you know, Zach Wilson. Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. You know, Zach Wilson, obviously they brought in Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, Zach Wilson, uh, the guy out there uh, in the Jets uh, situation. And I guess that's why you can applaud what John Lynch and, and Shanahan did, realizing we made a mistake. We're not going to try and force this and, you know, this is our guy for the next five years. We made a mistake. No, they cut bait with Trey Lance uh, as soon as they knew. And so I guess that can be applauded. But, you know, a lot of times GM's jobs depend on the quarterback. You know, that's that's you got to get that right. And if you if you get that wrong and that could set you back, you know, like I said, you look at the Jets situation. And the quarterbacks they've had, the quarterback carousel that they've had come through uh, that organization since Mark Sanchez uh, uh, left. I mean, it's been, you know, Geno Smith, who's turned out to be a good player, but, you know, at the time. Like, so if you get the quarterback position wrong, you can lose your job. And so I think a lot of times what happens is GM say, you know what? I'm a sink or swim with like, this is my guy. I have to get this right. He has to be that guy. And they're going to stick with him longer than admitting the mistake that they made. It's funny you mentioned Geno Smith. Before the show today, I knew we were going to be talking about quarterbacks who ended up not being very good. So I looked up, you know, um, Google searched uh, quarterbacks who were bus, And one of the names that came up was Geno Smith. 
Because what, what was that, that was written, written though? Like, uh, you know, five years right, ago at least, right, whatever it was. Exactly, and it's like, yeah. wow. And again, to me, that's even more impressive that the guy was somebody who everybody we yeah. all thought we knew. Well, he's terrible, and he knew he wasn't, and he proved it. Yeah, exactly. And he stuck with it, and you know, came from the bottom to mud. You know, almost out of the league, and now here he is leading a uh, Super Bowl or at least a division champion caliber Seattle Seahawks team. Eight, eight and nine caliber Seahawks squad. <laughs> Before we get back to Brock yeah. Purdy, as you look at quarterbacks and you try to figure out, is he the guy or not, what would you do if you're the Bears with Justin Fields? Right? Because you get mixed signals. Yeah, like yeah. Every, and the last two weeks have been pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I, I think, you know, if you're the Bears, what you should do with Justin Fields is what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts. Forget about the weapons. They went out there and secured that offensive line and said, you know what, we're going to have the best offensive line in the NFL. We're going to protect this guy. And then you saw Jalen Hurts take off. You know, I I mentioned yesterday, I think, you know, uh, Justin Fields had been sacked 15 or 16 times through the first four games. You know, so this guy was sort of, you know, fighting for his life, trying to, you know, stay alive. I would invest in an offensive line. Forget about the weapons. Forget about that. I need max protection because this is a guy that can run. He can throw. I think you so, can win with him. Yeah, I, I think, think he's so. Better, right. I, I don't think you know uh, the the jury is out on this guy. Like he I made think, some nice throws yeah, last he, night. he you know there's something there with them. And so if I'm them, I sure up that offensive line. You know, I invest in the running game, obviously, and uh, you know that's what I would do. I, I obviously. Just from the last two weeks, I think that has bought him at least another season uh, as Bears quarterback. Right. right. Yeah. I'm a big Bears fan now because they won last night. And I had a bet with – I can't remember who I had a bet with uh, about the outcome. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Was what? that directed at me? Was I had that, a bet with somebody. <laughs> the YouTubers last... <laughs> are like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I got that one wrong. Man, I'd say it's like you hit the Powerball last night with that I prediction, no right? I even said that. We're talking, oh, you know, I think I'll take the hey, Bears. Right. Like, yeah, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> all my way on the drive home, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I had that one in the bank all along. Oh, my gosh, yeah. man. Uh, Skip Bayless. Oh, tap out. Tap out. I'm done. Any conversation <laughs> involving Skip Bayless, I don't want to be a part of it. But go ahead. That's uh, I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. A national um, pundit was saying, I think today, might have been yesterday, that Brock Purdy should be in the MVP discussion. Um, should he be in there if he should? Where does he fit? If he even belongs in the MVP discussion. I mean. Because he's a quarterback of a team that right, right now right. is undefeated. I, I get it. His numbers are great. You could argue he's not even the MVP on his own team. I know you have made that case you know, very, I, very eloquently. Yeah, I think CMC is the guy that really has, you know, keeps everything afloat. Um, but ultimately, Brock Purdy is going to be in the mix because when you're the quarterback of arguably the best team, you have to be. Now, he's not no Josh Allen, you know, even Tua. I'm looking at DraftKings' uh, latest uh, rankings. They have Brock Purdy right behind Christian McCaffrey. Okay, In now that's of, just for fantasy, though, right? I mean, they're those are no the values odds of, to win NFL oh, MVP. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, thank you. yeah, I, the DraftKings yeah. odds to win NFL oh, okay. MVP. They have Josh Allen right now as the favorite to and win. What do we have know? on that? What are uh, the, plus three eighty. Okay, uh, Brock Purdy plus twenty two hundred. Christian McCaffrey plus two thousand. And so the players ahead of him: Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. 
That was yeah. a long ways to go. Yeah, I mean. long way. Long. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Okay. He even though he hasn't played well. Patrick Mahomes and Tua Tagovailoa, mm-hmm. along with Josh Allen. Okay. So you're talking three, six, the eighth choice right now, uh, right ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Okay. I don't think uh, anyone could dispute what you've said, and you you reiterated it here, but just that Christian McCaffrey right now is just way ahead or should be way ahead of Brock Purdy in any you know MVP rankings. That's not even close. Brock Purdy's having a really good year, but you look at that team right now, it's like, oh, my goodness crystal clear who the MVP is, and it's not Brock Purdy. Right, it's not Brock Purdy, and, you know, you look at Christian McCaffrey when he's number one in rushing, obviously. I believe he's number one on the team in receptions as well with 18 so far this season. He's Mr. Do-It-All, and when you watch the Niners play, we saw it last week. What, he had four touchdowns in the first half or something like that? I mean... Could have had five. Yeah, could have had five, Kyle. Could have had five, (laughs) but he's the guy that, that... makes this engine run. And there's no coincidence, I think since they acquired him, they lost one regular season game, and that was the very first one he played. He just gave this offense such a different dimension that they didn't have. You know, they were relying on Debo to do everything, running, plant a receiver as well. Now you got CMC, who, you know, for my money, is probably the offensive player of the year yes. in the NFL. I think that would be so great this year in the year of the underappreciated running back. If a running back won the MVP award, right? That'd be right. Exactly. Exactly. Did you see that he just did an interview with Mike Silver, the uh, Chronicle, and he told him that he's grateful that he got traded by the Panthers to San Francisco, but it still irritates him that Carolina traded him. You know how guys competitors right, are. Right, right, You know, yeah. like Clay Thompson, whenever they play yeah. the Kings, he has a little something, something for him. Even though it's like, well, those people that made that decision, they're not here anymore. <laughs> but that's how athletes are, are wise. Yeah, and, you know, I would imagine, you know, the Panthers, just like a lot of us, we thought CMC, his best days were behind him. You know, he was coming off an injury, obviously, uh, banged up. Well, this the is the Niners gave up a lot for him. They didn't even give up a right. first round that's, pick. That is so crazy <laughs> to believe that, you know, they got this guy. And there were some, you know, I, I forget who it was. I saw it on social media the other day who thought it was an awful trade by the Niners. Like, where did this guy's toast? He's done. And I don't think anybody expected CMC to be this good. Like, he looks as good or maybe even better than what he was in Carolina. You know who I thought was going to do what Christian McCaffrey's doing this year? And he did do it a little bit. But then something happened and he stopped was Le'Veon Bell. Remember how yeah, good Le'Veon, Le'Veon was? Yeah, Le'Veon was oh my, out of the backfield. He did everything. He could catch. He could run. You know, those Steelers teams were loaded, too. And, mm. in fact, you know, they got, what, one Super Bowl out of that mix? You know, I, I'm looking at the numbers regarding Brock Purdy back to the, uh, you know, MVP conversation. He's 10th in the NFL in total yards. I think. His efficiency is great, but I think the lack of, you know, 300 yards, 400 yard kind of game, you know, five touchdown kind of game, I think that's going to come back to hurt him. Great quarterback, putting up solid numbers, but when you think about the reason why the Buffalo Bills are who they are, the Dolphins, it's because of Josh Allen, Tua, you know, people aren't saying that about uh, Brock Purdy. Right. And I understand it. I mean, okay, if Brock Purdy isn't putting up those numbers, well, they don't need him to. But okay, then he's not the most valuable player in the league. Right. The, yeah. Right. Right. But I do think if, you know, heaven forbid something happens to McCaffrey at some point and they continue to win and Brock Purdy continues to be this consistent, I think come the end of the year he's going to 
he'll be a lot closer to the to the top of that list. I don't see him winning it, but you know if they keep winning, and again if Christian McCaffrey for whatever reason doesn't keep doing what he's doing, people will take notice of Brock Purdy. He's just that's the one thing. like what he does, he does it every week. Well, right. you know he could be better. Yeah, but what he did this week, he's going to do it next week <laughs> and the week uh, after and the week after, and he doesn't have a bad game. And I've never seen anybody like that. Right, I have not seen him have you know an awful game like. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't make head scratching throws. Like, you know, his decision making. Like Jimmy G. Yeah, like Jimmy G. Like, how many times have you sat on your couch and said, you know what? No, Brock, don't throw that. Don't. What are you doing? It just never happens with this guy. He has a true command of the offense, obviously, and he just knows what to do with the ball. Mm-hmm. Chris McCaffrey, though, is the MVP in the NFL. Yes. Mm-hmm. Brock, we'll see. Fingers crossed. He's going to light up those Cowboys this week, right? We can all agree <laughs> on that. Maybe this is his 350-yard passing game that you've been waiting for. This Cowboys defense is good against the pass, awful against the rush. This might be that 300-yard rushing game that you're looking for. Could be. (laughs) When we come back, hey, remember when Jets-Broncos looked like a massive game, the game of the year? That's next year on the Drive Guys Sackdown Sports. Drive Guys here. Kevin Gleason with, I think, some less than great news for you, Eagles fan Kyle Draper. What you got? Well, it's this whole push-tush thing, or tush-push thing. The <laughs> league is thinking about cracking down on it. I just wanted you to hear it from me rather than hear it out on the street somewhere. Well, of course, they see the Eagles being successful. It's a conspiracy against Philly. I get it. I'm used to it. These teams yeah. attempted the most push-sneak play since the start of the 2022 season, including playoffs. The Giants, six attempts, conversion rate 83%. Steelers have tried it six times, 100% conversion rate. The Bears, my Bears, seven <laughs> times, 100%. Bills, 12 times, 100% conversion rate. The Eagles, 46 <laughs> attempts. I love it. 46 and conversion rate, 91%. Ooh, it's part of what we do. According to ESPN, the debate is starting to heat up. The NFL Competition Committee was split over whether to outlaw the play this offseason per Rich McKay. Uh, who was the chairman of the competition committee. There wasn't enough support to propose a rule change at the league meetings in March, but multiple members of the committee said they'd further analyze the play in, coming, in the coming offseason when more injury-related data will be available. And remember Monday night, two members of the Giants were hurt while executing a tush-push. So you better make the most of it now. <laughs> this year. Yeah. Let's just go out there, win the Super Bowl, Eagles. We won't have to worry about it. You know, just go out there and win, and then we can make the adjustments after this season. Sirianni, that's your coach, right, Nick Sirianni? There is clearly a talent to it that our guys have. I get that some people are complaining about it, but stop it. Stop the play. Exactly. The rules makers are going to stop it. You scouted just like everybody else. The film is out there. Stop it. You know the big problem with that play, I think, if there is one, and I don't blame your team, if it works, you do it. And the league can point to injuries, but it just doesn't look good. And I think, and I'm, it's fine. <laughs> what, it's I'm, not aesthetically pleasing? Is I'm that what saying, you're saying? I'm saying from the league standpoint, they probably look at that and go, "That's yeah, we don't really care for that. Right. It, it's know, not sexy. I'm not it's not right. I, I get it. It's not a sexy play. It's not a, uh, you know, uh, highlight top t- sports center top 10 kind of moment. You're not going to get that from that. I get it. It's it's kind of like rugby almost, you know, it's, it's, it's not football, yeah. but. Until they change the rules, fly, Eagles, fly. I agree. Uh, We were just talking briefly a moment ago about Jets-Broncos. That's coming up. Remember when that was, oh, my goodness, is that going to be a 
Donnybrook, whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. But, <laughs> well, what a fight that's going to be um, because that was after uh, Sean Payton had blasted Nathaniel Hackett. And now I think that game has lost a little bit of its luster, Kyle. Yeah, I think just <laughs> a little bit. Just a little bit. Both teams, what are they, one and three or something? Each team, I, I think it is. Uh, right now it's uh, – you know, no Aaron Rodgers, who was very outspoken for his, you know, coach and, and Hackett. And so, uh, you know, I, I think Peyton has, Sean Peyton has bigger fish to fry. And, you know, he needs to worry about his team. And, and so do the Jets right now. So. You know, he got the game ball because they beat the Bears last week. So Sean Oh, his Payton, first win, right? Yeah. yeah. But don't you think he should probably give that back? I mean, I know first win's first <laughs> win, but as bad as they've been and everything right, he's put right, through, shouldn't yeah, he say, you know what, guys, I don't. Right. Like, <laughs> that would be one of the balls I'd just throw in, like, my garage somewhere. Or, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Let it collect dust. That Let is the not neighborhood one. Kid, kids, right. you need a football. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure when it's all said and done, Sean Payton will not, uh, you know, remember his time uh, with the Denver Broncos. His golden gears were with, obviously, the Saints. And uh, he will not look back on his Denver tenure fondly. They had a promo last night on the game, the Thursday night game, for next week it's the Chiefs and the Broncos. And <sighs> I think you were talking about this. What, the Broncos? But I, I think before the season started, people looked at Peyton and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Ooh, he's a superstar Vince in our Mahomes, league. Yeah. This is going to be great. And they obviously have not been, have not been great. Um, as far as upsets this week, let's see. The Jets are getting two and a half at Denver. Yeah, you want to put maybe a little something of that, uh, some of that in your in Jets your are getting too? two and a half. Uh, yeah, I'd probably take the Jets on that. Would one. you? Yeah, I, I, yeah, with the two and a half, I, I take that. I know the Broncos lost at home to the Raiders and to the Commanders. Yeah, yeah. I'm, boy, I want to take that. I'm, I'm. I can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs> no, I think. Did we agree? Houston, an underdog, one and a half, one in the hook. At uh, Atlanta. We agreed on yeah, that, right? Yeah, 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 I think so. Atlanta's trash, right? Yeah. And then what else? Oh, Green Bay getting one at Las Vegas. Jimmy is, I believe he's cleared now out is of concussion cleared? protocol. I kind of like the Packers. Do you really? I, I'm just, you know what? I'm not a fan of the Packers. I, I don't think, you know, they're a good football team. I, I think, you know, they came back and, and had that nice win uh, a couple of weeks ago. But then I'm not a Josh McDaniels guy either, you know? And so that to me, that's a toss-up kind of game. I do think the Raiders have more talent, and so that's why I would take the Raiders in that matchup. Okay, so it looks like for me, Houston may be the only true upset, and that's not much of one, a point and a half. Do you have anything that's – Oh, I, know, I, I, got a, I got an upset. I know typically you get nervous about the Eagles. Yeah, I think that's going to be a tough matchup. You know, Philly has not played well at all this season. Um they got to travel across country. Cooper Cup is supposed to Cooper be back. Cooper Cup's supposed to be back. You know, uh, Nakua is a, is a stud wide receiver uh, for the Rams. I, I think that's going to be a great game. That's going to be a tight game. I think, uh, what's the line? Four, I think, for the Eagles. The Philly uh, favored by four. And so, I think that's going to be a tough matchup. Like I said, I just don't think the Eagles uh, have been clicking on all cylinders this season. The run game's good. The defense is good. But this is going to be a bar fight. This is going to be a tough one, I think. Yeah, and like I was saying yesterday, and I agree with this, you know, I teach about the Eagles, but the fact that the Eagles are 4-0 and haven't played that well, I know some people look at that and say, see, they're not that good. But to me, it terrifies me that they're right. not playing anything right. close to their A brand of football and no one's beating them. Yeah, yet. yeah, exactly. And, you know, you got to imagine 
you know, as the season goes on, they'll get into rhythm and get better. And so now would be the time. If you're the Niners, you're like, man, they're not playing that well. Can somebody knock them off? So you can bank a couple of games going into that Week 13 matchup. Uh, let's see. FanDuel has it uh, four and a half. Four and That's a half. Right. Yeah. You want to know my upset special this week? My lock of the week. Market. Like, I am. I think this is really going to happen. And it's not just your one-and-a-half-point favorite toss-up kind of thing. I think this team will actually win this week. The Minnesota Vikings against the Kansas City Chiefs. Because I understand the Vikings have some issues. Well, that's a monstrous line. Three and a half. (laughs) Look out. I'm I'm surprised it's that uh, short. I was like, only three and a half. I thought Kansas City would be favored by more. For a minute, I thought you were going to pick the Cowboys. I did. No, no, I would. I would do that. You know, what is that line? That's a three and a half uh, line. Wow. That's that's an interesting line uh, right there. But I think the Chiefs. You know, they haven't been playing that well either. You know, they, they just barely uh, got over the Jets last week. And I think the Vikings, when you look at, sure, they're one and three, but look at the teams they faced in the, in the how close their games have been this season. Like, it's not like they're getting rolled over or anything like that. That's and so true. I, I think, you know, keep an eye on the Vikings this week. This is a big game for them. You know, Justin Jefferson, he's a little frustrated, obviously, with the way things are going uh, so far. Kirk Cousins is not having an awful season. Completion percentage right around 69, He's nine touchdowns, year, four interceptions. Yeah, exactly. But I, I I keep an eye on that matchup. I like the Vikings this I week. I like that. Uh, the two big lines this week are Miami. FanDuel's got them an 11.5-point favorite against the Giants. Ooh. And then we also have uh, the Detroit Lions, 9.5 yeah, over, over the Panthers, the uh, the winless team. That's a, that's a lot, 9.5, because I, I – the Lions, their offense hasn't been great, has it? And, and so I, I think that's a... In, in just about any NFL game, you know, you start getting up eight, well, they nine got points, you got to really take a yeah. long, hard look at that yeah. in any game because yeah. games tend to be so close. Now. Yeah, no, now that's a lot. In the NFL, anything, you know, six and over is like, wow, that's a lot of touchdown favor. But the Lions offense, uh, you know, it, it has been solid. Uh, 21 against the Chiefs. Uh, 31 against the Seahawks, 20 against the Falcons, and they dropped 34 last week against the Packers. And so uh, Lions should roll in that one. Uh, You like those Steelers getting four and a half at home? You like that home dog against the Ravens? No. I don't either. No. I was trying to get you to bite, no, you but were, I, don't, were, I don't want any part of that either. Did the Steelers just get Molly Watt last week? Well, right. I'll take the yeah, Ravens. Yeah, I know. You were, about to, you were trying to set me up there. I see how you operate now, right? I see that. You're not fall I'm not falling for that bait. No, thank you. I, I'm not taking that one. Yeah. Uh the uh the Saints and the Patriots, which is a, a game that really in a lot of ways sums up where we are in the NFL this year. Right. Two teams that make you go, ah, I don't know, right? Yeah. But, yeah. I, I I will say you could argue Mac Jones is fighting for his job at this stage of his career in New England. You know, I, I listen to sports talk radio. I listen to Bill Belichick, his press conferences, and he got benched this last week. Uh, Mac Jones did. And so the, the, the natives are restless out there. There's a belief, you know, uh, among some of the fan base that he's not the guy. And obviously it's tough replacing Tom Brady and everything like that. But, you know, it, it's they got rolled last week. 
by the Dallas Cowboys. What they score three points, and so I, it was I, Belichick's worst yeah, defeat ever. Yeah, I, I just think you know this, Mac Jones right now is fighting for his job. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to hang on to it. He just he throws a balloon. Yeah, I never noticed that about yeah. him before. And then he can't hang on to the football. And a quarterback needs to be able to hang on to the football. That's that's that well that that is an important part of playing a position. Yes, uh, we're going to talk to all time great 49er, Jesse Sapolu, four Super Bowl rings with the Niners. He's coming up a little after five. And when we come right back, uh, are Kings fans ready for the play-in tournament? Mm. Tell you who thinks they better be when we come right back here on the drive. Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason, Sacktown Sports.